On this episode of the 2X e-commerce podcast show, we're going to be talking about how online retailers can accept Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Do stay tuned. Welcome to 2X e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Pinay, answers them. Also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. This episode is brought to you by Clavio. It is a game-changing email automation tool specifically built for scaling e-commerce businesses. I'm not just saying it. I use Clavio in my e-commerce store and in stores I advise for. Household names in the e-commerce space such as Brooklyn Inn, Bonobos, and Chobis use Clavio. Here's why. Clavio has one of the most impressive feature sets in the e-commerce email personalization space at the moment. Besides the one-click setup, Clavio's Pixel tracks visitor behavior to help you set up highly effective custom email funnels. Clavio also offers pre-built autoresponders for cart abandonment, upsells, and win-back campaigns. Clavio's most game-changing feature is its Facebook audiences integration, which helps your email list to sync up with your Facebook ad campaigns. So as you continue to scale up your store, Clavio will help automate a lot more sales. Try Clavio today on Clavio.com, spelt K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. With retail moving online, finding a good domain name has become ever so important. But the challenge is that most decent.com addresses are either difficult to acquire or unavailable. The good news is that retailers now have a powerful alternative with the .store domain name. A .store domain name will be short, relevant, and directly associate your site with e-commerce and retail. Search engines give .store domains the equal attention and importance as .com TLDs. .store domains have already been adapted by top brands such as Emirates. So if you check out Emirates.store, you get to a store there. Jimi Hendrix, so Jimi Hendrix.store and F1 Formula 1, F1.store. If you want a short and snappy domain name for your retail brand or your online store, you can now get a .store domain for just £4.99, which is about $6.99 using the coupon code 2XSTORE. That's 2XSTORE on get.store. Just go to get.store in your search engines and use 2XSTORE. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. Everybody, fellow 2Xers, I'm your host, Kune Campbell. And this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. So if you're looking to increase metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales, you are in the right place. This is the show. Now, um, I have been 
into crypto. In today's episode, I want to talk about cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin. I, I've been into cryptocurrencies for, for the last two years. I don't have loads. I have some Bitcoin, you know, I, I, I bought years ago. It's appreciated. And um, I really want to see, you know, a lot of potentially growth in crypto and, and retail, you know, going forward. I think the biggest challenge, you know, at the moment uh, in, in crypto is, or in Bitcoin particularly, is the volatility. So if I was to accept, you know, payments today um, for, um, for, for for a particular product in, in Bitcoin, there is no guarantee that in the next hour, you know, that value will retain itself. And yeah, that is sort of, you know, piqued my my curiosity to to speak with um you know professionals you know fellow online retailers in you know that that are accepting you know cryptocurrencies and um and bitcoin and um it led me to 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 my guest today who has you know for the past few years you know a good two years uh, or more has um been accepting you know bitcoin um in his online store and what, what, what their store, you know, does is, um, online gift cards. They're an online gift cards marketplace. And what they try to do is, um, merge both worlds. So on the one hand, um, they have people who own lots of crypto or probably earn only in crypto. And, um, on the other hand, you have, um, you know, the, the whole world of retail people need to survive. People need to buy stuff. So what they do is they get, um, gift cards where you could purchase from, you know, almost any retailer in Canada. They're based in Canada through Bitcoin. So they sell gift cards to Bitcoiners, you know, to cryptocurrency um, users so they can shop and enable commerce, you know, through gift cards for, you know, um, for, 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 for cryptocurrency users, which I feel is genius and um, it has grown and um, it's fantastic. He is full of knowledge. He's an expert. He is a Bitcoin maximalist, meaning that um, he truly believes in Bitcoin as, you know, the the future, you know, basically of payments and, and no other, you know, currency. Um, he's, he's just full of... <laughs> It's just full of um, you know knowledge on um, on on crypto on Bitcoin and retail. So if you're considering um, you know um, getting into to crypto, you know um, not necessarily getting into crypto, but accepting crypto, you know in your online store, you know listen listening to, to to this show, listening to my conversation with um, with with Mike Allstuff. Okay, um, so yeah, without further ado, let's get into the show. So welcome to the show, Mike. Um, f- could you take a minute or two to, um, you know, talk, introduce yourself and coincards.ca? Okay. Um, yeah, my name is Mike Oldtoff. I am the CEO and founder of coincards.ca. Uh, I have been a Bitcoiner since 2013. Uh, I've been in the space for quite a while, seen a lot of the ups and downs of the markets. Uh, we, we started uh, CoinCards in July of 2014. Uh, basically, CoinCards is a Bitcoin to gift card exchange service. Um, we offer a bridge between retailers and consumers who want to spend their Bitcoin by offering gift cards um, equal to the value of the Bitcoin that they want to spend at the time. That's super exciting. You've been around since you've been in, involved in crypto since, um, you know, um, 2013. Do, do you own any crypto? Do, do you own Bitcoin? You must yeah, I own, yeah, of course. I, I own Bitcoin. A very big believer in Bitcoin. Okay, so you're not a speculator. You're, you're holding it to keep f- for for long term, just because you believe in it. Is that right? 
Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm hoping that one day we have a world where we don't have fiat, we just have Bitcoin, and that's how everything is converted. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Now, um, I was super fascinated with um with how you know um you know CoinCAD to you know CoinCAD's works um in the sense that um you know um you are a bridge to retail from crypto uh, to the crypto world you know could you give me an idea of how big that crypto world is that is crypto spenders from your perspective what kind of data what kind of numbers are you guys seeing cuz a lot of online retailers are uh, you know they they're not necessarily interested in taking up crypto as yet so if you could give us an idea of you know the the size you know the, the number of, of people and you know that actually actively use crypto i'd be quite quite interested please yeah so right now i believe we have over 3000 customers wow. um, we have you know every day we have new customers coming on and when they come on we find that most customers are repeat customers they found a place that they they can spend their crypto, so they just they like to stay and they like to keep spending it. We've seen growth, probably over year over year growth of about three hundred percent in the crypto market. Wow! Um, so it is very, you know, a very strong um, growth pattern that we see. And is this Canada alone, or are you also getting customers from other places in the world? Because most of the stores in most of the gift cards you sell are, are from Canadian stores. Is that? Yeah, we're exclusively Canadian right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do see a lot of customers asking about our cards from other countries, and uh, we don't service the U.S. Uh, we don't we don't service any other country except Canada. A large portion of the the inquiries we get from around the world are from the U.S. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's yeah. quite that's quite interesting. So, um, who are your customers? You know, who what's the typical demographic? of, you know, um, a cryptocurrency spender? So I, I'd say that, you know, there's a there's a large variety of customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got your speculators who maybe bought Bitcoin a few years ago. Maybe they forgot about it. They have a, a large stash that they want to come and cash out now. Um, but we also have people that we know that are living off crypto. There are people that work for crypto companies. They get paid in Bitcoin exclusively. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bitcoin miners, Bitcoin mining is huge right now. So there's people who are setting up mining equipment and they're looking to cash out those profits. So mm-hmm. they're coming to us. And, you know, there's people who are literally living off of Bitcoin day to day. I'm really happy to, to, to see the space expand. And um, it'll be very interesting to see how things pan out in the next decade, you know, for, for crypto. Oh, yeah, definitely. It'd be super interesting. And, um, you know, this brings my, my second question, which, um, or my next question, which, which has to do with, um, you know, this medium of exchange um, debate. You know, um, I could, you know, buy Bitcoin today or I could, you know, I, so say as a retailer, I could accept Bitcoin for, for what I was selling today. But, you know, tomorrow, um, the value of Bitcoin, the Bitcoin I accepted and, you know, today, um, may drop, you know. So, um, in that sense, you know, I, I'm not, you know, very encouraged to want to, you know, um, accept Bitcoin. How do you bridge or, um, you know, um, hedge? you know, against, you know, such upswings and, um, you know, when do you think Bitcoin is going to eventually stabilize 
given its limited supply? Um, I definitely think Bitcoin will eventually stabilize. Um, I don't think that we know exactly where it will stabilize at this point. As far as accepting it from the merchant side, I would say merchants who are wanting to get in touch or get into it and play with it a little bit uh, would probably be best to look for services who are going to cash out at the time of exchange. So mm. there are some services. One that comes to example is BitPay uh, in the United States. Anyways, they, they don't operate in Canada. Um, they'll they'll do a conversion at the time of exchange, mm-hmm. and they'll give you whatever percentage you want of that sale in Bitcoin. So say if you make a 20% margin on a profit or on a product, and you want to keep 5% of that in Bitcoin, then that might be a good way to just start and kind of dip mm. your toes in the water and mm. see if that works and have the rest of it cashed out immediately into Fiat. That makes sense. Makes sense. And I hear Coinbase's joined, um, you know, the the ranks of um, of e-commerce and and Bitcoin acceptance. Actually, they, they they just don't do Bitcoin. They do Ether, Bitcoin, and I think Litecoin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Coinbase has a product I think they just released called Coinbase Commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that they have the auto conversion feature in there yet. Okay, but I definitely think they probably have that coming if they haven't. But you guys use an open source, um, you know, payment software called BTC Pay. Could you expand a bit on it, please? Yeah. So we used to rely on those services like BitPay. And we found that part of the problem is that when you accept your funds through a third party like that, you're not actually in control of your funds. And being true Bitcoin believers, one of the biggest things that you learn early on in Bitcoin is that you need to control your private keys mm. and you need to control your funds. Um, so we discovered the software um, that was created not too long ago. It was actually, it's only a couple months old um, where they give you that exact um, ability is basically they run or you run your own software. So you host your own service or your own server. You run your own wallet, um, you input those keys into the software that you're running yourself, and all the transactions happen um, in real time and are dumped into your own wallets. So we're not relying on any third party anymore. Okay. Uh, yeah, just by running this own, our own piece of software that is open source. On your, on your hardware? Yeah, on our own hardware. Does that, um, does that lead to security concerns then? Uh, I don't think so. Um, we haven't seen anything yet. Uh, I guess there would be, if the server was ever compromised, that would be a, a concern. But that those type of risks also are present in uh, the third-party service providers too, right? True, 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 true. Um, besides BitTC Pay, um, are there any other similar open source, you know, payment, you know, platforms that would provide, um, you know, the full control you know of your private key um and your 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 btc um out there yeah um for anybody using woocommerce there's a service that we used to use called blockonomics and they used to offer similar the same thing but they had a one percent fee that you would have to pay to them um and then mycelium gear is another one that is quite popular Mm. i believe they just instant to the one percent fee as well. So, sorry, so, I didn't get that. What's the, second, the last one, please? Uh, mycelium gear. Okay, mycelium gear. Okay, gear. Yeah. 
Okay, that that's quite interesting. Um, okay, so so so, so with regards, yeah. So I want to ask a question um, about like um, processing times. Um, I'm not like you know, uh, I'm not geek. You know, I'm I'm not that technical. You know, in um, on, on Bitcoin, but there's been a lot of debate on um, the speed processing times and also the cost of transactions uh, on uh, on Bitcoin. Um, do you know anything about um, this issue, or is it even an issue? Um, at the moment, it's not. It has been an issue probably for the past two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, about probably about two weeks ago, it started to clear up. Um, there's been some speculation as opposed to if people were spamming the network to create this artificial fee structure. Mm. Um, basically, right now, what happens is a customer will go; they'll be presented a, a QR code or a Bitcoin address that they are required to pay with a certain amount. And they'll send that payment, which is registered on the Bitcoin network immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes through what's called confirmations, block confirmations. Mm-hmm. So a block confirmation happens about every 10 minutes. Um, and they say that it's typically safe to send your goods after six confirmations. Mm-hmm. So for retail um, stores, which are shipping products, they usually see a fully confirmed uh, transaction within an hour. Uh, services that have Instant delivery may want to take that into account, but mm. they might want to be you know, delaying some of their products. Okay. Um, but the, the fees right now are minimal. I mean, maybe like 10 cents for the customer to send a well, transaction. Okay. Um, and they can send up, to, you know, they can send a million dollars for 10 cents right now. Well. It's, it's really cheap. Um, it is pretty fast if you take into account the block times. And, uh, yeah, what happened was in December, there was an influx of transactions mm-hmm. that pushed the demand to get onto the network so high that the transaction fees were climbing up to about $20 a transaction. So that, that took a hit on a lot of, of the merchants that were using Bitcoin. Do you think it was because of the price of, um, of Bitcoin at the time? I think that had a, uh, something to do with it. I think there was a lot of people who were trying to get in as quickly as they could just basically on the fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there was, I don't know. I'm one of those believers that thinks there was some something sinister, more sinister there. Yeah. yeah. For profits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was another coin that had come out at the same time or a couple months earlier and they were pushing their agenda. So there, there's a lot there, there, there's a lot of politics I'm noticing, you know, in the crypto world. Um, so, um, you know, there's Bitcoin, obviously, at the core, which is the big daddy, which is, you know, um, the core. And then um, there's spin-offs. Um, well, the ones I'm aware of is Bitcoin Cash and yeah. Bitcoin Gold. What, what are your thoughts on these spin-offs? Should we pay attention to them? Um, I don't. I, okay. I don't really think anything is needed besides Bitcoin. I'm what you could call a Bitcoin maximalist. Well. Um, they they exist. They have their uses, and some people like them, and they're free to use those if they they think it's a better fit for them. That's what an open market's all about, right? Okay. So our listeners are largely retailers, right? Yeah. What advice would you give to retailers listening in terms of what do you think is the future of payments beyond fiat going forward in in the next you know decade or so? Yeah, so I, de- I definitely think that uh, Bitcoin is going to be a huge part of that. 
Um, Bitcoin is actually having a second layer added onto it. It's a little mm-hmm. technical right now, but its second layer is going to add a lot more capability as far as volume of transactions go. Mm-hmm. So we can see Visa style or Visa um, Visa amount transactions kind of thing. Um, the volume. So we'll see, you know, thousands and thousands of transactions going through per second. And I think people will start to gravitate that towards that because it's more of a global currency that's not tied to anything in particular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have governments that are going to be like, well, no, you can't, you can't do that trade. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think Bitcoin would be a million dollars a coin? I really hope so. I, I don't really <laughs> think it will be. Um, but then again, I, I never really thought it would be... No, twenty thousand this last December. So, true. It's hard to say. It is hard to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about cryptocurrencies that, um, from a value standpoint, are almost at parity with the dollar? Stuff like XRP, where you you're able to tangibly say, okay, we can actually spend this um, because it's you know it's kind of like the value of a pound or, you know, the pound, you know, it's one pound. Sorry. It's yeah. It's it, sorry. No, it's reverse. It's like, um, 1.4, you know, XRP to a dollar. That's last time I checked. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that? Um, on, on X, I know you're a maximalist, so, you know, it's, I know where, where this is going to go, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but what, what are your thoughts nonetheless, you know? Um, um yeah. So, uh, Ripple, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, the reason I'm not a huge fan of Ripple is because it is basically a banker's coin. Mm. Um, you know, Ripple was quite pumped about a month ago. Mm-hmm. It, the value shot up, I think, like 3,000%, and then it dumped again. So it was very volatile as well. Mm. Um, I, what I think you might be alluding to a little bit more is something like Tether. Okay, which, Tether. Uh, Tether is a basically they say one US dollar equals one uh, one tether. Yes. Yeah. So you know something like that might be a bit more usable, but I'm I don't trust it. I just don't trust systems like that where you have central points of control. Um, tether is is a currency and a company, so the company issues the tether. Mm. Not much different than a central bank does. Um, and then you just have to trust that they are being accountable, which there's a lot of questions right now. Are they being accountable for it? Mm. You know, Bitcoin has has kind of stood the test of time True. and it's been around since 20, 2009 and it's withstood the attacks and mm-hmm. it's open source. So everybody knows what's going on. Um, there's a lot of politics there, but, you know, it's, it's money and people get passionate about their money. True. What about LTC? Litecoin? Um, yeah, so we actually we accept Litecoin mm-hmm. as well in our service okay. uh, through BTC Pay. Okay. So we lo- we like Litecoin. Um, I don't think it's any different than Bitcoin, really. Though it's uh, sometimes it's referred to as a test network for Bitcoin. Mm. Um, we implemented Litecoin because the whole debacle with the fees of Bitcoin was going on. Mm. Um, so we needed to have an alternative oh, wow. cryptocurrency that people wanted to be able to spend on smaller transactions. So that's why we is is that the only um, you know coin you, you um, is that the is that the only coin you accept other than Bitcoin? In yes, addition right to Bitcoin. Now it is. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, what about Ethereum? You know, the second biggest um, you know, um, you know cr- cryptocurrency around. Yeah. So Ethereum is pretty interesting. Um, Ethereum right now. Uh, 
it's pretty popular. It's it's like you said, it's the second biggest cryptocurrency. Using it as a store of value and as a currency, though, at times is a bit iffy to me. Mm. Um, when they first came out with Ethereum, as far as I can recall, it was never meant to be a currency itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gas or the ether was mm-hmm. just meant to power smart contracts, mm-hmm. and I'm still I'm still curious to see how smart contracts will evolve and how Ethereum will be able to power smart contracts. But right now, it just kind of seems like the only smart contract that it powers is raising money. <laughs> For ICOs. <laughs> yeah. So that's the only real real world case we've seen so far. I'd like to see some more tangible products with Ethereum, and then I think I'll, I'll be a bit, bit, bit more on board with it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I know you're not you know, an e-commerce quotes and unquote expert. Um, but where do you think the next breakthroughs, um, will, you know, the next innovations and next, you know, really big innovations in e-commerce are, are going to take place. Um, given, you know, the, the, the rise of, of crypto now. Well, I think crypto opens up to world trade. Um, um you know, anybody can accept crypto now, you mm-hmm. know, there's more, there's more phones in the world than there are people with bank accounts right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as people get Bitcoin on their phones and they're able to do trade, then, you know, it opens up people to be able to, you know, I can buy something from Kenya. I can buy something from China. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to go through a visa or somebody else that is going to just take all the fees and not give it to that merchant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think world trade is going to be huge in the next 10 years. I think we're going to see a lot of globalization as Bitcoin gets more popular. And it's going to be a lot easier to do transactions with people in other countries. Mm, mm. Do you think companies like Visa and MasterCard are devising their own crypto, their own version of crypto to, to stay ahead of the curve? I think they're probably going to try and use some sort of blockchain technology. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if they're going to create their own coins or if they're going to take on the Ripple. Um, we'll have to see. I, I know that all the major banks are looking at blockchains right now mm-hmm. just to see what they can do with it. Uh, I don't think anybody's quite sure what they are going to do with yeah, it yet. But. Uh, they're not sure. It's very, very interesting, um, you know, comment you made with regards to, you know, um, the, the world being global and, um, you know, being able to, to buy, you know, global trade is going to open, you know, global trade, you know, a lot more. Um, I can also envision like um, supply chains, you know, where you don't necessarily need to go through one courier service. Um, and you could pay everybody within a chain. So kind of like how you have a chain, um, you know, currency wise, you could say if I wanted to ship something to Kenya, I don't know. I, I suppose, um, I, I could, um, pay everybody, you know, um, that package passes through in real time, you know, through the chain. I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, just yeah, definitely. talking out loud. No, you could definitely probably start some sort of smart contract that everybody that touches that gets a little piece of whatever you put into it. Exactly. Would that be on Ether or would that be, do you think that would, you know, that use case would be better off on Ether? Um, probably right now. I know there are some technologies or some companies that are working on technologies to introduce smart contracts into Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, only the future will tell what, how that evolves and how yeah. that shapes up. I, I think it's also going to open a lot of um, um, transparency in um, the ethical, you know, um, you know, um, retail space. You know, um, so if you if you say this was ethically sourced, um, you know, you could probably probably 
you know, um, validate the supply chain with the blockchain. Although it's, yeah. although it's a data in, data out, you know, thing, you could still lie. There's still that human. Yeah. I think you'd be able to maybe have like a QR code on a product that you could scan and maybe it'll show all of the transactions on the blockchain and you know, you'd be able to verify that it did in fact come from this, this person who owns a, this key in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Okay. So, um, could you advise retailers listening um, to the pros and cons of using, you know, you know, you talked about, you know, BTCP and the fact that you actually own, um, you know, your, your, your private key, which is essential, you know, in ownership of crypto. Um, but for those who want to take, um, you know, steps, you know, um, they, they've made a decision to get into crypto. Do you think they should jump straight into, you know, platforms such as um, BTCP or Mycelium or, you know, Blockonomics or should they, you know, just use, you know, mass market products such as um, BitPay or, or Coinbase? Um, I would say if you're, if you're getting started into it, you'd probably want to go start small, um, mm-hmm. start with somebody like BitPay, uh, it also depends on what kind of products you're selling. Um, if your if your company is highly technical, then there's no reason why you wouldn't have a technical person mm-hmm. uh, who can implement something that is a little more secure. Um, you'd also want to take into consideration your values as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're selling high-end electronics, you might not want to have a third party having millions of dollars mm-hmm. of your, your mm-hmm. funds for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but for like a, the regular guys that are just getting started out, I'd say go with a third party. Um, you know, just try it out, see how it works, get used to your Bitcoin wallet, um, see how the transactions come through, mm-hmm. and start researching into how you can kind of take back some of that control. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the cons with not using a third party is you will have to exchange the currency yourself, so you are a little more at risk mm-hmm. to that volatility of the funds. Whereas the third parties will exchange it exactly at the rate that you've accepted it Four at. Three out. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask about um, cashing out. It's been a you know big problem. I was, I was talking to a business partner of mine, and we were like, okay, for our e-commerce store, should we actually consider taking Bitcoin? And he just is like, well, can I, um, how are we going to cash out? Um, so if you're not to take the 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 BitPay or the um, you know Coinbase commerce you know route. How would you cash out? You know, how how do you get your fiat back? Do you just go to an exchange, and what exchanges would you recommend? Um, yeah, so you would just go to an exchange. Um, basically, you would send your coins that you've held in your wallet to that exchange's funding address, and then you would place a sell order. Okay. Um, and that's where you might see some volatility. You might have, you might either gain or you might lose a little. Mm. So it's something you have to kind of look at. Um, exchanges I would recommend. Uh, we have a great one in Canada called Quadriga CX. How do you spell? Um, okay, Quadriga CS. Okay. Quadriga CX. Okay, got yeah, it. Okay. Um, and then as you don't really deal with the US or the UK, so I'm not really too sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I know a lot of people use GDAX in the US. Mm-hmm. GDAX. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Bitfinex, Bittrex. I believe those are okay. And then you could get fiat off the back of these exchanges. Yeah, and then you would just transfer those to your bank account. Okay. What are the typical, um, you know, um, commissions they they charge for for a draw, you know, into fiat? Um, so in Canada, I believe there's a trading fee of 05 percent. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, 
And then they have certain withdrawal fees that could either be free or they range between 1% or 2% on the value that you're exchanging. Okay, not too bad at all. Not too bad. Okay. Right. Um, hmm, um, this is, this has been really, really interesting. Is there anything you, you know, in, in the world of commerce and Bitcoin you want to, you know, um, you know, you want to share? Um, yeah. So I would just, you know, for the merchants out there that are thinking about it, I'd just say, you know, go for it, start accepting your Bitcoin. Um, really drive in that you are the, the people to go to for spending your Bitcoin in your niche. Mm. Um, you're going to open yourself up to a whole new world of people who are just looking to spend their Bitcoin, even if it's you know, on whatever it is. Some people just want to spend their Bitcoin for the fact that, hey, cool, I can spend my Bitcoin. Yeah. So it's definitely worth it for merchants, even if they only see a couple sales a year, then it's free marketing. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Before I let you go, I ask all my guests to... Um, to answer, you know, a few questions on a lightning round. Um, I just asked a question, and if you could answer it in in a sentence, it'd be great. Okay, you ready? Okay, cool. Um, how do you hire people? Uh, so we just we look for people who have the same ethos and values as we do. Awesome. Okay, what are your three indispensable tools for for managing coin cards? To CA. Um, our e-commerce platform, mm-hmm. our which wallet. One? Which one is it? Um, we actually use WooCommerce. Okay. Good um, but show. we're building our own back end. Mm-hmm. Um, our wallet, mm-hmm. um, we use Electrum for our software interface. And mm-hmm. we also would say hardware wallets, which are a way of keeping your coins secure. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And your third? Um, yeah, I would say your software wallet, a good hot wallet would okay. be one. And then a hardware wallet would be okay. the, Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, what's been your best mistake to date? By that, I mean a setback that's given me the biggest feedback. Um, so when we started, uh, we were running basically off credit cards. Mm. Um, credit cards didn't like what uh, the volumes we were doing. Mm. Um, so they cut us off and that opened us up to a whole new world of contacting vendors and actually establishing relationships mm. on the up and up. Um, so I'd say their biggest setback was probably, having our credit cards cut off and then having to kind of expand and do things through the proper channels with vendors. Fantastic. So do you guys just, just um, off topic, do you guys um, process real time? How how do you guys, do you just have inventory? Um, So we, we store some of our cards, not Mm many. Uh, The ones we do go quite fast. They, we have a pretty quick turnaround. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have API connections with some of our vendors that process in real time. Fantastic. Very clever. Um, what one piece of what 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 one piece of advice can you give to to e-tailers, e-commerce, you know, um, vendors looking to um, grow their stores? Um, so I would say maybe you know spend some time on getting into those niches and finding, you know, we do a lot of Reddit because a lot of mm. Bitcoiners are on Reddit, so you want to find where your customers are and you want to get involved in the communities that they're building. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Final question is what book recommendations or resource recommendations do you have um, to, to, to get people into crypto in the Bitcoin world? Um, so I can give you a website, um, lop.net Lop. slash, yeah, lop, L-O-P-P okay. dot net 
um, forward slash Bitcoin dot HTML. Awesome. Um, that's that's by a guy named Jameson Lott. Uh, he has pretty much everything you need to know about crypto on this one page. Well, okay. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. All right. Um, it's, it's been amazing having you, Mike. Um, has opened up my insights into, into the world of crypto, Bitcoin and e-commerce, you know, in general. And yeah, I was really excited to, to having you here. And, uh, I'm, you know, really, really happy you, you came in and shared your, your ton of value. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and hope you found some insights and lots of information on how to get started with cryptocurrency in your store, how to get started accepting Bitcoin in your store. There have been loads and loads of info. Um, you probably want to listen to, to this, you know, again. Um, but I've saved you some time. You can download this show notes, um, on 2xecommerce.com forward slash podcast. The, 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 the show notes will be ready a few days after you hear, after this podcast is released on, 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 on iTunes or, you know, your, your podcast of choice. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. My handle is Kunati Campbell or 2x e-commerce. Follow both accounts. New episodes of the 2x e-commerce podcast show come out every Wednesday. And if you haven't, please write us a review and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you like this episode, share it with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. 2x e-commerce is produced by me, Kune Campbell, with the help of Boban Makic. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2x e-commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2xecommerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.